You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So I'm doing that. So this is Christ the King Sunday. All across the universal church, we are acknowledging that Jesus Christ is King. I like Christ the King Sunday. It's kind of the kickoff, the jump-off point for Advent. Next Sunday when we come together, it will be the first Sunday in Advent. And I, I noticed when I got here this morning that all the boxes of Christmas decorations are scattered about ready to be set up. So it's an exciting time to be in the church. The holiday season, as the world calls it. You know, I, I have to acknowledge that for many families, Thanksgiving and Christmas and even the new year that's coming can be a difficult time. If you have experienced the loss of a loved one around those uh, this season, it can bring up memories that can be painful, but it also brings up memories that can be joyful. For... For our family, having lost my brother in the season of Thanksgiving many years ago and my father in the season of Christmas, there was a a long period of time for us when the holidays were different, especially in my mother's house. Um, I noticed over Thanksgiving as we traveled to Tennessee to spend time with my sister and with my mother, that the joy has returned to the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. So I want to talk a little bit about Christ the King. Christ is King by the power of God. Now, I know I've talked about this. It's been a few years, but... If you follow me on Facebook recently, you no doubt have seen my my latest progress on on my one hobby, my creative and therapeutic outlet, uh, which is model railroading. I have this weird train fixation that started when I was a young boy and my dad got my brother and I started in model railroading. And so my model railroad that you might have seen on uh, Facebook is called the Rhineland Model Bond. It's named after the place of my birth, which was Rhineland Falls, Germany. And if you know me, you know I'm kind of a train nerd. Uh, I have been all my life. Most people, when they come to a railroad crossing that's blocked by a train, get impatient and annoyed. I'm I'm not that way. 
In, in fact, if I'm the first one in line to watch the train as it goes by, I'm as happy as a clam. I know it's weird, right? But it's true. And if I can, if I can only um, relate to you how that creative outlet has, has been a fascination for me for many reasons, but mostly it's a connection. It's a connection with my brother who's passed and with my father who's passed. So I have this fascination. And the way that came about, in case you haven't heard the story, is when, when my dad was still with us, my dad and I and my brother, to a lesser extent, I guess, but he was still involved in it, we had planned to build our own little world, our own little kingdom someday where we could spend time together and run model trains together just like we did when I was a boy. And so over the years, we collected model kits of bridges and tunnels and buildings with every intention of actually building something that would enable us to come together regularly as father and son. But what usually happens when you make long-range plans, life and time get in the way. My brother Michael was, was killed uh, around Thanksgiving by a drunk driver, um, which resulted in my joining the Marine Corps and my mom and dad moved out of the house we were in when that tragic event happened and they moved to Beaumont and our plans just faded into just another thing we never got around to doing. You ever have anything like that in your life? You, you plan, it's, it's something that you really want to do, but you never get around to it because of life. And so we, we stored all that stuff up, all the trains and the building kits, and we put them in boxes, and we never got around to building our little kingdom. And my dad's been gone for some 25 years now. In 2016, I believe I told you about it, as the Advent season approached, I began to get this twinge of melancholy, this nagging feeling of, of something left undone, something left unsaid, something left unspoken. And one morning as I was having my coffee, I, I started poking around in old boxes in the garage. There are lots of old boxes in my garage. And I was thinking that we might need to have a church yard sale soon so I can move some of this junk out of my garage into somebody else's garage. And I came across a, an old trunk and inside it was a train catalog from the Markland Train Company. It's trains built in Germany starting in the 1800s until this day. And there was this catalog and there was some old Markland Railroad track and I had this familiar feeling come over me. It was a feeling of peace and contentment. It's like that when good memories come flooding in. You ever have that experience? And I, I heard something in, in my head that I hadn't heard in a long time. It was one of those deep memories that comes flooding back in when something triggers it it was my dad's laughter. I heard it, and I hadn't heard it in so many years. It kind of surprised me that I remembered what it sounded like. 
And so as Advent progressed and Christmas was nearly upon us, I couldn't get the sound of my dad's laughter out of my head. And I knew that somehow there was this connection between my sense of, of melancholy and the old train catalog and my dad. And so as I'm there in, in bed and Angela's next to me and I'm thumbing through the old train catalog, I asked Angela if she could find and, and get for me for Christmas an old Markland train set. And she looked at me, as she often does, uh, like I'd lost my mind. But then also she acknowledges that I'm really just a 12-year-old boy anyway. And so she ordered a train set, and it had to come from Germany. And, and she gave me a card with a picture of it under the tree because it couldn't possibly make it by Christmas Day. And I have to tell you, several weeks later, when it finally arrived, it was the most marvelous gift. I mean, it, it looked like a train set, but what it really was was an opportunity to reconnect with my dad and with my brother and, and to finish something that was important to absolutely no one else but me and my dad. And so when the new year came and Christmas was behind us, a little here, a little there, I began to build our dream, my dad's and mine, uh, our little kingdom in the garage. And by the time it was completed during COVID in 2020, that train layout filled two-thirds of a three-car garage and was heading for three, but Angela put the brakes on it. <laughs> She'd be here listening to this, but she had to go to the first service because she's got to go to San Antonio uh, for a week. Poor thing slept in her bed one night, and now she's on the road again. There were mountains and valleys and rivers and streams, and there were people on the layout too, and they drove little cars, and of course they operated trains and they lived in houses and they worked at industries and there were villages and shops and towns and there were churches in the town more than one and everyone there went to church every Sunday and the thing was that laughter never faded away into memory because life never got in the way all the stuff that comes into our experience in this life doesn't exist in the make-believe scale model world it is what you make it. Death and separation never happen. Not in that little kingdom until one day it did happen. You see, two years ago, my, my friend and train buddy, Sancho Bartels, I've spoken of him here with you. He died suddenly of brain cancer. And with him, most of my enthusiasm for that, that hobby kind of died with him. I, I spent the next couple of years dismantling the train set, selling off his train collection and sending the money to his widow. Once again, as I dismantled, I, I stored the memories away for another time. When that time would be, I, I don't know at that point, but Angela could sense it. And so she offered up the game room inside the house. 
and said, you can rebuild it in here if you want. And so I, I started to build the bench that it all sits on and my heart just wasn't in it. And so for two years, if you were to walk into our house and go into the game room, you'd see nothing but wood and saws and poor Angela lived with that for two years in our house before I ever started to do anything with it. But one day a few months ago, there's a point to all this. One day a few months ago, I was, I was in prayer and I began thinking about the kingdom, not the little kingdom that I was building, but, but God's kingdom. The, the one where Jesus reigns supreme. You know the kingdom I'm talking about? And I began searching the scriptures for more about the kingdom of God. And one of the scriptures that popped out to me was, was the epistle that's appointed for today from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And in our epistle this morning, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he's expressing thanks for the kingdom in which the church at Ephesus has chosen to abide. See, that's the thing. Abiding in the kingdom of God is a choice. And so he prays this prayer of thanksgiving for, yes, the church at Ephesus, but also for all the churches everywhere, including this one here in Shepherd, he, he prays this prayer of thanksgiving. Listen to what he says, because it's about you, the church. He says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe? according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, Paul tells us here about the power of God in the kingdom of God, the power and energy that comes from Christ, that comes from God the Father through Christ the King. That's why it says God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deepest heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, there's no name and no power exempt from the rule of Christ. And it's not just for the time being, but it's forever. Jesus is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. He's at the center of everything. Christ 
rules the church. And the church is not peripheral to the world. It's, it's the other way around. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and he acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. The church, the body of Christ, this community of faith right here in Shepherd, the one we call our church home, our church family, is at the center of the kingdom of God. And believe it or not, as the church, you and I are central to Christ's rule of his kingdom. We're not on the sidelines, we're on the front lines. And we need to embrace that authority. We need to rise up and embrace that responsibility that we've been given so that his kingdom will be established on the earth just as it is in heaven. And that's why as the church, you and I have got to make participation in this community of faith and in its missional purpose on the earth. What is the purpose? To make disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, the ones who worship passionately and love extravagantly and witness boldly, those disciples. We need to make making that those disciples uh, the highest priority in our lives. There's nothing. And I know we're all busy people, but I'll say it again. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, more important than that sending of God where he sends us to accomplish his purposes in the world so that all may be saved that will be saved. If we don't, bring the message of Jesus Christ to the world, some people just won't make it into the kingdom of God. We don't want that on our shoulders, especially when we're facing Jesus and we have to confess that we didn't do all we could have done as the church to save souls. And so that scripture from Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, has put things into perspective for me regarding our circumstances, your circumstances, our circumstances here on the earth. And so, as I examine the kingdom of God, it has revived in me, once again, the joy and the enthusiasm for the kingdom and also for my little kingdom. I've begun to rebuild. Now, like I said, it might look like a model railroad, but what it really represents is my own spiritual health, the health of my spirit and of my soul, because I have discovered in examining the kingdom of God that nothing in the kingdom of God or anywhere else, nothing on the earth, nothing in heaven gets built without the presence of the joy of Christ. When the joy's missing, nothing gets done. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that when the joy's missing, things just kind of stagnate? Nothing moves forward. Nothing moves backward. We just coast along. When the joy is present, 
man, we're in church. We are the church. We show people the church. We preach the church. The love of Christ radiates from us. Have you noticed that? When the joy is present, things get done. Disciples are made. When the joy is not present, nothing happens. See, whether it's my little kingdom or the kingdom of God, nothing gets built without joy. Because the kingdom is a kingdom of restoration. The kingdom is a kingdom of reconciliation. It's a kingdom of second chances. It's a kingdom of hope and peace and love. And it's made that way by the power of the king who reigns supreme with righteousness and justice and holiness. I'm thankful like Paul for the kingdom and what the kingdom of God has restored in me and in you and in our church family and even in this community that we serve. Building His kingdom here on earth is very much like, I found, building my own little kingdom in the train room in so much as it's an opportunity to reconcile. It's an opportunity to redeem to reconnect so that we can experience wholeness again. So that we can experience peace again. So that we can experience love and joy and healing again the way it was always meant to be before things happened, before brokenness happened, before war and death happened, before separation happened, before all the hopes and the dreams of the world got stuffed away into boxes and hidden away from the light and life that was their intended purpose in Jesus Christ the King. Don't let the world stuff your hopes and dreams into boxes hidden from the light of Christ. Don't let the circumstances in your life stuff the hopes and dreams of Christ into boxes and put away for another time that may or may not ever come. Because you and I were meant for more than broken dreams and missed opportunities. Paul is praying for us to realize that this morning. I pray that we realize that this morning. That's my hope for our little kingdom together, that we realize that the hope of the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, will reign manifesting in our lives to the point to where joy is restored regardless of our circumstances, whatever they may be. I pray that we realize that this morning. Without Christ as King, in heaven and on earth, none of us exist. None of us would be here without the Creator, without His Son Jesus Christ as King, and without the Holy Spirit that dwells in us as believers. And so as 
we go into the rest of our service, as we go into intercessory prayer, as we go into the communion table, as we carry on with the rest of this worship, bear in mind that the King of Kings is the one who we are worshiping this morning. Without Him, there's no purpose. But with Him, there is joy and peace and love and salvation, eternal life. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.